Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb, and welcome to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Today, we're going to talk about mediumship, and we're going to talk about, do you need to be born into it, or can you learn it? And I have with us Sharon Farber, who has brought herself to learning mediumship, and she's going to explain to us how she's able to do that. Sharon is a graduate cum laude and Phi Beta Kappa from the University of Massachusetts Amherst with a BA in sociology. She practiced social work before pursuing a career in the healing arts. Sharon is a licensed massage therapist, reflexologist, healer, award-winning artist, medium, and teacher. She's the author of Choosing to Be a Medium and the um, Choosing to Be a Medium Companion Journal. She's down-to-earth healer and offers support with an if-I-can-do-it-you-can-do-it attitude. So she's going to show us today how we can learn to be a medium and not just decide we can't do it because we weren't born with it. Sharon, thanks so much for being on the show and welcome to the show. So tell us, how did you teach yourself when you didn't have, oh, before we go into that though, tell me the difference between a medium and a psychic. I think those two are getting blended now. Hi, Barb. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And I'll talk about my favorite subject. Great. (laughs) In my strict definition of mediumship, mediumship is when somebody embodied, like one of us, talks to a spirit person, a loved relative or friend in spirit for another embodied person. So it's connecting with those in spirit that somebody knew from this lifetime here. And evidential mediumship is doing it well enough so that you get proof, evidence, that the person you're connecting with is in fact their loved one in spirit. So that is mediumship. So what's not mediumship is all those other things like past, like we were discussing past life readings, past life regression, angel readings, psychic readings, connecting with your spirit guide, Akashic records, et cetera, et cetera. To answer the question uh, between the difference between a medium and a psychic, It's tricky because mediumship is one of many psychic abilities, but a psychic reading or primarily what a psychic would do, in my understanding, is connect with a person and give them intuitive guidance about their past, present, future, connect with spirit in some form or their higher intuition, higher self, however they want to do it. And it's about the life of the the person they're reading for. Whereas mediumship is exclusively, in my opinion, about connecting with people on the other side, loved ones in spirit connected to the person you're reading for. So psychic mediumship is one aspect of a psychic reading, the same way that painting watercolors is part of being an artist or playing flute is part of being a musician. 
Musician and artist is the broader group, which would include all kinds of other things, but mediumship is a little subset of a psychic ability. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does. But how did you teach yourself? Um, I, I've, we talked a little bit about I'm a psychic and a medium, but I had psychic hits all my life. It was always kind of there. So I went and I got training to uh, focus it, to, to have it under my control, to know when to turn it on and not to turn it on, when to block it, really. So how did you, without any of that background, be able to... I- I got help. I first I read every book I could get my hands on. And then I found a terrible course that wasn't helpful. (laughs) And then I found a beginner course that was really helpful. My first beginner course was with a medium named Rita Berkowitz. She's in the Boston area. And she kind of models. She was the model for what I teach now, which is a lot of beginner classes. So I took a beginner class where she starts at the beginning. This is how it works. This is how you do it. And then she helped us do it. And I had that. I went to the Arthur Finley College in England for my first week in 2012, because I thought, if I want to do this, let's go to the best possible place to learn. And so I had help, but it's just a matter of going from having no connection to people in spirit to learning at the basics of, okay, this is where the spirit people are. And this is what you do to prepare, use your intention. These are ways you might possibly be able to perceive the spirit world through your clairaudience, your clairvoyance, etc. And I had my first encounter. I had the first time I intentionally did it while practicing on a massage client. And I did it. And went was jumping up and down because, oh, my God, I could do it. (laughs) And that gave me the excitement and permission to do it more. So it's not like I did it all by myself, but I did go from having almost 50 years with no connection to those in spirit other than one dream visitation to, oh, my God, this is fascinating and healing. I want to do it. I want to learn. What do I have to do? And that is why I do what I do, which is teach people. Uh, Many of the people I teach are people who have had abilities they remember from their childhood or on and off throughout their life. So many of my students do have that innate ability, that spontaneous connection. But I also get the people who are like, really? Can I learn how to do this? Do you really think it's possible? I thought you had to be born this way. And then I work with them and watching them get their first link to spirit and watching their face light up like, oh, my God, I did it like I did is very rewarding. That's probably one of the most it's definitely one of the most rewarding parts of what I do. And you believe everyone can be a medium, that everybody has this talent or ability. ability. Yeah, I believe that anybody who feels compelled to do it can can do it. I, I haven't met anybody who hasn't been able to if they've had the desire. The people who have absolutely no interest in it, probably don't believe in it, no idea if they could do it. Mm-hmm. But I believe that if you're drawn to it, 
Yes, it's a learned ability. It is a learned ability. And how do you learn? (laughs) You know, it's like, well, let's open that window. (laughs) Well, the quick answer to that is first, you have to know that it really exists. So I suggest that most of the people who are drawn to me have experienced it in one way or another, had a Mm -hmm. reading, really, or, but some of them just want. Some of people approach the field because they've had a loss and they want to connect with their own loved one in spirit. And they might come through with absolutely no experience or innate known ability. So that does happen. So the first thing is people should experience a reading, whether it's a group reading, a private reading, but they should see it in action with an accurate medium giving a reading and going, oh my goodness, that's so amazing. And it really does exist. And it should be not a television show, but something so they know it really is a thing. Mm -hmm. And then you learn that it's natural, and that it's safe, and that it's not scary. And that if you develop your mediumship, it doesn't mean that you're going to have evil spirits hunting you down or random spirits attacking you in this, in the grocery store. So you learn that it can be a down to earth, natural process that's been happening on every content for thousands of years. So you make it safe and it's not, it's not like you're going crazy and that it's something where you can learn your boundaries to turn it on and off. Okay. So I said I was going to do the quick, quick outline. Let's go back to you got to know that it exists and it's real. It's nice to know that it's safe and you're not going to have a terrible experience or something scary. You're not going to freak yourself out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in any evil spirits or any of that negative hype that a lot of people do believe in, and that's promoted by Hollywood and theater mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters. Back to that. So then you learn the, the ways that it's possible to see spirit, hear spirit, feel, and know, which are basically the intuitive psychic versions of how we experience the world with our physical senses. Mm-hmm. So you learn these are the ways you might be able to do it. And there's a spiritual aspect to it. There's an awareness that what you're doing is a sacred healing work. It's not a party game. It's not don't learn to do it so that you can have a TV show. So there's the spiritual, holistic, intentional using your ability to help other people aspect, I think, is important. And then it's a matter of setting them up with a sitter. That's crucial. People don't understand for some reason that in order to learn mediumship, and if you're not somebody who has your grandmother talking to you daily, not one of those people, you need to be giving a reading to somebody else to develop. You need to have a sitter, the person you give a reading to, and they shouldn't be your family member or your best friend. Ideally, you want to work with people you don't know and you don't know their spirit people. Then you have your teacher or your your class or your circle. You have a medium hold your hand and say, okay, now it's your chance to do it. And here's a sitter and they're open and receptive and they have spirit people on the other side. 
And here you're going to get into a calm place. You're going to raise your vibration, which means you're going to be uplifted as happy and optimistic and full of good energy as you can, because that helps. You set your intention. I want to connect with a loved one in spirit for the person I'm reading for. I want beautiful evidential information. And then you clear your mind, open up your intuitive senses, and then see what you sense. See, feel, hear, know, smell, taste. And you tell the, the sitter that, and they say things like, yes, and oh my God, I know who that is. And then you're doing it. So that's the, that's kind of the process. Going back, how do you raise your vibration? You said you raise your vibration. What that means is that I believe everybody, most people are aware, or it's the common thought that people in spirit are at a higher vibration than we are. We're connected to these dense bodies and they're not. Mm -hmm. So they're at a higher vibration. All it means is that we are as uplifted as possible and ways to get there would be through laughter, prayer, gratitude, being outside in nature, oceans, mountains, being in love, music, dance, drumming, whatever it is that brings you to a higher place, which you don't want to do is be moping around. I'm miserable, being mean to people, complaining and whining, and then oh, it's time to give a reading. Let's raise our vibration. The idea is to try to have as high a vibration ongoing as possible. So that's what raising your vibration is. It's coming from a place of joy, gratitude, to more easily connect with people on the other side who don't have the the daily traumas and concerns we do because they're in the spirit world where it's all about healing and love and connection. So we aspire to be on a high spiritual level consciousness vibration to help us connect with them. And what about grief? You know, when when you've lost somebody and it's just, you're heartbroken, you know, you're deep in grief. And, and as much as you want your vibration up, you're, I mean, grief is a natural thing after you lost somebody. Is there a time period that you ask them to wait or is there um, a way to deal with that? That's a great question. The spirit people can come through as quickly as there's no time frame for the spirit people. Some people pass and they're there in, with, their, with their embodied people in moments. Some of them come through before they're fully, fully out of their body. They're just coming through and people know they passed. It's the embodied people that might need a time period to get over that acute, fresh grief. If somebody is reeling from the death of a close person, especially a parent or a spouse or a child, mm-hmm. they're not ready to either get a receive a reading or do a reading anytime soon because they're in too much grief and need. There's that pain and it's raw. Mm-hmm. I suggest that people wait a few months if they've had a a passing like that before they see a medium, not because the spirit needs to adjust or heal because the person is going to be so needy and desperate 
that mm-hmm. it doesn't help with them getting a reading. And I would think the same thing would be when people are learning to develop their mediumship and want to do it on their own. First, you need to take care of yourself and learn to function and breathe and move on one day at a time, as opposed to somebody passed last week, I want to be a medium now. Right, right. There's self-care and taking care of your needs and progressing through that immediate heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we talked about a little bit about before we came on, that I'm also a psychic and a medium, and I tell people when they've just lost somebody, they'll be so upset that they can't hear their loved one, but other people can. And I explain to them that grief is so dense around them that their loved one can't get through to them, but they will leave a message, give a message to someone someone weird, like the grocery clerk, <laughs> that there's, you don't have that density around them, but they'll give a message to that person knowing that that person will give the message to you. So you'll be checking out and uh, somebody will say, oh my God, I dreamed about your husband last night. You look great. You know, and that's your message. But that's what I found that that the density of grief is so thick that it's very hard at the beginning for the spirits to get through. Have you found that too, or you just know, you know, grief is, you have to wait. It's a waiting time to dissipate a little bit. I think what you're saying makes perfect sense when people are so traumatized and in grief, it makes it more challenging for them. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are exceptions. There are people who have intense grief because they've lost somebody soon and they go to a medium and they get immediate help. It could be a week or so after the passing. I've heard Mm -hmm. stories. I haven't done it personally. And they'll say they came through and it helped them deal with the acute initial grief. Right. I have people who come to me who's who have had intense losses but it's only been a matter of three or four weeks. I don't know this because I don't ask who they want to hear from, whom they want to hear from, or anything about their needs before we start. And then it's like, oh, and they come through. So it's all, nope, there are no perfect formulas for it. But as a rule of thumb, grieve a little bit and process yourself through that initial part before aiming to either get a reading with someone else or make significant work on getting your own connection. Mm-hmm. But but that's different. Mediumship and evidential mediumship is different than asking for your own people to come through. Because with mediumship as a professional, you want evidence. You want to prove that the people coming through are really their loved ones and that people live on. When you're trying to help people who are connecting with their own people, it's not about evidence and proof. It's about trust. And it's knowing that if you hear the song, if you see the picture, if you hear the name three times that day, it's trusting that it's your spirit person coming through and that they love you and they want and that they're with you. It's a different energy. It's a different intention. So it's not about proving It's about trusting. 
And it's about getting those messages and looking for those messages at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which are so important. You know what? I'd like to take a break right now. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about mediumship and how do you do it when you're ready to do it. Thanks. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, and we're back with Sharon Farber. And Sharon, you wrote a book, Choosing to Be a Medium, and and the companion journal as well. Um, I want to ask you what brought you to that point of writing that book, and what brought you to the point of wanting to be a medium? Okay, thank you very much. That'll That's kind of a long <laughs> answer. I have been a massage therapist and healer for 31 years without the, as I mentioned, without spontaneous connections with the spirit world. About 13 years ago or so, somebody invited me to a small group mediumship demonstration. And I went because, oh, that sounds interesting. Sure, I'll go. And it was so healing and amazing. There were about 10 people there. The medium connected with loved ones in spirit, probably for everybody there. And she connected with a close friend of mine and my firstborn dog. And I just thought it was phenomenal. And that got me interested. I had a massage center at the time with one large room that I also used for groups. I invited her to come to my center and she gave monthly small group readings for about a year. I was Mm -hmm. the host. So I got a few more connections and I got to experience the healing power of mediumship and the closure and peace and love that she brought to people by connecting them with their loved ones. So I saw, I experienced it and I went, wow, that's amazing. And then I had an experience where one of my massage clients had, he had chest pain, which I believe was pain in his heart. He'd had his 11 year old daughter pass uh, about a year earlier And all I could think of when I was massaging him and became aware of that was that if he went to a medium, 
the medium would connect with the spirit of the daughter. And he and his wife would learn that it wasn't anything they did. They could release the guilt, have some closure. What happened was she had passed in a hospital from an undiagnosed appendicitis that ruptured. So that's why I was thinking, and they're still pain. They might've been like, oh, we should have taken her somewhere else. We should have known somebody Mm -hmm. should have done something and they might be living with that. So my thought was the daughter would come through out of love and bring them some peace. That was my catalyst. And back at that time, there were not mediums on every corner like there are now. And I thought we need some more mediums. That Mm -hmm. was why I thought, I want to do this. That combined with seeing the other medium who was so good at it. And I thought, I want to do that. And here, this is what leads into the idea for the book. Everybody told me, uh, okay, almost everybody said things like, oh, I didn't think you could learn to be a medium. And I thought you had to be born that way. I have heard that hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times by now. So that was the common idea. And I thought, well, we'll find out. And I got books and I read them. I took a three hour class here. I took a workshop there and I said, well, I'll find out. And I started learning. And I also had a session with a a healing mentor of mine. And I told her, you know, I really want to do this. And everybody says, uh, most people say you can't learn how. And she told me that if you want to do this, if I didn't think you could do this, I would tell you. She told me to immerse myself in the subject, find a mentor, and she gave me a vote of confidence. That was a Wednesday in August, 11 years ago. And that night I had a massage client and I told her how I was excited about this and wanted to learn how to do it. She told me that I could practice on her. And that evening, while giving the massage, I put out the intention to maybe connect with a loved one in spirit from her. And I actually did it. What and what did you do? Did you? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you. And then I'll come back to the book. I won't forget about the book because that's what this was about. Yeah. So she said, I have a friend that passed. So maybe you can connect with her. Well, during the reading, I just got some pieces of information. When you're doing a massage and some energy healing, it's a similar state, at least with the healing work, because you're just trying to be open and receptive with some healing work. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what I did was get an L name and I saw cigarettes. I saw packages of cigarettes. I just knew there was cancer connected to him. And I saw a a military uniform. So he finished the massage and I told her, well, I got some information and none of that fit for her her friend who was a woman, Mm -hmm. but her father's name had the L's in it. He smoked a lot of cigarettes. He passed from cancer. And the cool part was that not just that he was in the military, she was in possession of his uniform. Wow. And- And had been looking at it like the day or two before. And then I'm shown the uniform. So for her, she understood this to be her father. By the way, listeners, if you've read the book, in the book, it talks about being heart disease and 
a brother. And that's because I didn't have a signed release from the person who I had the experience with. So Mm -hmm. in the book, there are places where I had to change identity in order to protect identity. And here I am not restrained. So that's why what you're hearing now might be different than what you read in the book. And it's not because I make things up as I go along. It's because (laughs) I was restrained by privacy there. And as long as I'm not giving information about the person now, I'm totally cool anyway. But Mm -hmm. so I did that. She understood it was her father. And I was literally jumping up and down with excitement that I had done it. Right. And and she's like, I've never seen you like this. And I said, I just did it. So (laughs) that was my first time. was, Was that evidential? To me, it was. That's a taste of evidential mediumship. The fact that I got part of a name, I got part of the name and cancer and the packs of cigarettes and the uniform and that she has the uniform. That's Mm -hmm. a taste, an itty bitty taste of evidential mediumship. It's four pieces of information, a professional reading it should have a lot more than that. It should have personality and essence and memories and relationship, uh, missing limbs, if there are any, a lot more evidence. This was just enough for me to know that I was connecting with her person and Mm -hmm. her to understand it. So with that happened, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can do it. And then I immersed myself. I had, I made the three trips to Arthur Finley college over a number of years. I sat, I didn't have a circle to sit in. So I created one and sat in circle. I did a 118 free practice readings. Now so tell me I about the circle and the that. need for the circle. I will, but I still haven't answered your question about okay. why I wrote the book. <laughs> you're, you're, so right, let's, you're right. Let's put the circle on hold. Okay. And what I, but the point was that I did everything I could to develop myself. I wrote the book because when I wanted to become a medium, people didn't know, a lot of people didn't think you could, quote, become a medium. And Mm -hmm. I had to get over all this resistance that you have to be born that way. And it's inherited. And if you're not born that way, you might learn it a little bit, but you'll never be very good, which is even worse than saying you can't do it at all. Because once you realize you can do it at all, you still have to overcome that thought that you will never be very good. (laughs) I had to bust through those walls. I didn't have an individual mentor to hold my hand and help me through this. And it was challenging. And I still struggle, even though it's been 11 years and I'm an accurate professional medium. So I wrote the book. Why do you struggle? You said you still struggle. I have a hundred percent confidence in my teaching ability. Mm-hmm. I'm a very good teacher. I've been teaching healing, watercolor, and everything for years, and I am confident with it. I still, I'm just being totally transparent and honest mm-hmm. here. I still have confidence issues with my mediumship. It's not as good as I want it to be. My idols are. Eileen Davies and Lynn Probert, mentors from the Arthur Finley College and and some other mediums that are just the names and places and dates and just boom, 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 so fabulous. And I'm not there yet. And Mm -hmm. that's where I want to be. 
And those doubts come in about whether I'll ever be as good as I want to be. Right. But you think that's that's a natural to have doubts? Do you think that those? Yes, I'd say most people have doubts. And even my mentors express doubts. And Tony Stockwell talked about being sick to his stomach before a big demo when he's a fabulous medium. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's the people who with the big heads who thinks that they're accurate all the time and can do no wrong. So you get the other extreme. I wrote the book because I want to help other people know that it isn't for the elite. It isn't for the people who are the seventh generation mediums with, oh, all my ancestors do this. It's for people who want, who find it fascinating and want to enter this healing, wonderful, exciting, passionate field. I want people to know that if I can do it, they can do it also. That's the reality. I want to lift people up and let them know that they can do it also. And I want to give people the support that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. That's great. And also I was compelled by spirit to write the book. It was not my idea. I'm not somebody who wrote anything since college papers decades ago. And it was something that was a need. And I had a lot of help. The fact that I was able to get an agent and a traditional publisher in times when that's about as challenging as winning a lottery ticket, the fact that all of that blended together and worked together helped me know that it was really meant to be. So that's, at least I answered that question. That's why I wrote the book, because I felt a need for people to know that they could learn how to do that. And it's not for the people. A lot of the mainstream mediums are put themselves up on a pedestal, talk about their unique abilities Mm -hmm. and want to be on that pedestal. And I want people to know you can do this also. Right. And now we can go back to circles or anything else you want because I got that out. <laughs> so so after you first learned how to do it or first realized you could do it with your massage therapist as a with massage, my massage therapist. therapy client. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what did you do next? You continued to take classes, but you talked about not having a circle. And what okay. is a circle? Okay. A circle, a mediumship development circle is the way that mediums have been developing their abilities for hundreds of years. And it's where you go and sit at the same time, same place, maybe weekly or every other weekly with other mediums. And you sit and you support each other. And in my circles, you read for each other. And I couldn't find one because it was 11 years ago, and there weren't that many of them. Now it would be a lot easier to find, and everything is online. I traveled, I sought one, nothing worked out. So I created one, even though I was a beginner, and we met for seven years. We met up until March of 2020. For wow. some reason, we decided to know until we had to stop meeting in person because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And how many people in your circle? There were usually six to eight, six, oh, okay. to eight or nine. And it changed. We had people and then some people left. Some people came over the years. Now I lead five weekly online circles, 90 minute circles, five days a week. And I've been doing that for a couple of years. I've been doing two. Now I've been doing five a week for 18 months. 
Mm-hmm. And a circle is a place where you're in a sacred, a safe environment. You have now they have somebody who's a professional who can guide them. When we started the circle, I started the circle so I'd have people to sit with, and there was no teacher guiding us. There was yeah. no one who could answer the questions. We, but we had beautiful intention. We had no competition. We were all there to develop, and we did. Over the years, it took a while, but we did it. And now I provide circles for people where I'm the facilitator. I hold the hand. I help with the energy. I help sort out when somebody doesn't, when a spirit person doesn't get claimed. So wait I'm a minute, what's providing. that mean when a spirit person? <laughs> what is <Okay>. that? <laughs> okay. With back to evidential mediumship, the idea is that the medium will give enough information so that the sitter, the person getting the reading, will understand them. It's Mm -hmm. not generic, like the horoscope you're going to find in the daily newspaper. So it's not, I have a grandmother here, and she's wearing an apron, and I see her in the kitchen, and she likes to bake. That is not evidential mediumship. That is a cliche. If you have a grandmother and she's in the kitchen, she likes to bake. I want you to say that she also has a birdcage in the kitchen, a birdcage. It's a wire cage and she's got a yellow canary in the birdcage in the kitchen. Or she is about 70 years old. She's a grandmother and she plays the trombone. Or Whatever she has 12 cats and she has a big bowl of milk that she puts out every single day. Evidential mediumship is when you give out information that makes it clear that this is somebody's friend or relative in spirit, not a generic person like, okay, I have a David here. Who here knows a David in spirit? Because everybody's going to know a David in spirit. So the point Mm -hmm. is that you get memories passions, personality, character, voices, limps, uh, physical characteristics that are specific that the sitter can understand. Mm -hmm. And when they understand and say, yes, I understand that's my person, they're claimed. We can be in circle or it can be a demonstration and a medium, one of my students or somebody is going to describe somebody and it's possible nobody will understand them. And that's what I meant by an unclaimed spirit person. <laughs> yeah. So are there kind of just spirits kind of floating around then that that might come into your your circle and it's like, okay, we have this spirit here that doesn't belong to anybody. So I, personally, I don't think that's what happens so much in our circles or classes because there's an intelligence in the universe and in with the spirit people. We're coming together with the intention to connect with loved ones and spirit coming through for each other. And the spirit people recognize that invitation to come through and they do. So it's not generally that there's uninvolved spirits who are randomly floating by. What I think happens is that the medium is not giving, not interpreting the information, not describing it well, or the person they belong to is not making the connection. It could be that they're not thinking about somebody, they're thinking about their nearest and dearest person, and they're not thinking about their high school boyfriend, Mm -hmm. or they're not thinking about this, this 
grandparent who passed before they were born and they don't know enough about them, or it could be the biological parent they didn't meet. And there are a lot of reasons. It could be that they're just not thinking of the right person. It could be that they didn't even know that they passed. We were Mm -hmm. in circle once and Becky gave this beautiful description of a man, a big burly man, and he was a hunter and he had a special tree and all this beautiful information and nobody recognized him. So there you go, unclaimed spirit. That was on a Wednesday night in our circle that met in person. The next day, maybe the next day, I get an email and it was a man who had passed on Tuesday. The person in the circle didn't know that he was dead and understood everything. We saw the obituary, big burly man hunted with his dogs, and he had a tree, (laughs) a hunting tree. So here she is, he has a special tree. Yes, he had a hunting tree and everything was validated, but the person didn't think of him because he had died 24 hours earlier and she didn't even know he was dead. Wow, can you ask the person what is your name? Sure. You can ask them anything. You may or may not get an answer. If we could, if we could get names for everybody, you might as well get first and last names and make it really easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I find it's not like that. I get names randomly. I can't say, Hey, can I have a name? I either get them or I don't. Right. And when they are there, they're super helpful. I get names more when I'm reading for a group than an individual and or when for some reason, when it's likely they wouldn't have known who the person was without the name. But I can't say, give me, please, please give me your name. What I do is say, share with me what it is you want me to know, what's important to you, what your embodied loved one will understand. I don't ask questions, interview, interrogate. I ask them to come close. I ask them to blend with me and I ask them to share with me what's important. So it might be the personality, it might be hobbies. And it's often a lot about the relationship with the person. And there might be messages like, it wasn't your fault, or I'm sorry, or please forgive me, or I'm so proud of you, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's individual. That's accurate mediumship. And when it's evidential, it's specific enough that your the sitter is feeling an emotional response, and they know in their heart, and in all of them that this is their person, and they're there, they shouldn't leave in doubt, like, yeah, she might have had my person. So I strive to be really good at it. And you don't really get perfectionism in mediumship. And I think the people who think they're perfect at it might be interpreting things in an interesting way. Right. I find with me that it's, I I almost never get names and it is something that I'm trying to work on, but, um, but I get personalities. I Mm -hmm. get, you know, really high laugh or real, you know, there's enough personality there for them to know that this is their person. This is the person they wanted to talk to. We're going to take a break right now and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? 
Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. We're back with Sharon Farber, and Sharon wrote the book, Choosing to Be a Medium. As she says, if I can do it, so can you. And um, I wanted to ask you, we've been talking about mediumship and how she learned and how you can learn through Sharon. But also, I'd like to ask about if if it is safe and do you need protection to do this? That's a wonderful question. And my views might vary. My views do vary from a lot of other people. I believe that mediumship is completely safe. I believe that everybody in the spirit world that we're connecting with is coming from love and light. Excuse me. I am not an idealist. I believe that there's plenty of evil, but it's all here on this planet. I have a healthy fear of embodied people. They can do terrible things. And for good reason, they do not, they don't do it for good reason. My healthy fear of embodied people is because people can do awful things. And there's a reason for fear. I believe that all that freedom of choice, good and evil, and all that struggle is here on this plane with us. The -hmm. people in the spirit world are coming out of love and light. People who had a terrible life and did made poor decisions and hurt people, they don't become evil spirits. They don't turn into Mother Teresa on the other side, but they go to a spirit world where they have to evolve as a soul and they get healing and support. They look at remorse. They see what they've done and they move on in the evolution of their soul. Speaking of embodied people, you're one of the first teachers who's coming back out out of a pandemic to do physical classes. And you have one coming up here in Hawaii. Pretty I soon. do. Yeah. Tell I'm really excited. I've been teaching online for 18 months, had to mm-hmm. cancel some events. And, and you thought- still will do that, right? The Zooming Oh, the Zooms are five 90-minute classes. I teach a five-hour online beginner Zoom class at least just about every month, sometimes a couple in a month, and mentorship one-on-one on on Zoom. But when I decided once people, once we got a little more control over this thing, I decided to teach 
my comeback to teaching in person is in Oahu, Hawaii, and it's on December 1st, which is um, almost four weeks from now. Is today a Wednesday? Oh, yeah, today's the third. Today. Today is a Wednesday, um, so yeah. this will be live in two days. But four weeks from today is when the c- retreat starts. So I'm doing a three-day intensive mediumship class with a week-long fabulous. retreat in Oahu. And it's not even expensive. Um, tuition, well, anyway, should I save that for the yeah. late? No, no, tell us. Tell us it's, everything. <laughs> it's $385 for tuition. So if you live in Hawaii, want to commute or something, it's $385 for three days immersed in mediumship. And there's this retreat center, and there's still three spaces left. It's by the ocean and the mountains, and it's beautiful. It's a nonprofit retreat center run by Quakers, so it's not really expensive. And I'm so excited. So I have a few spaces left for students, three spaces left at the retreat, which can house 14 people, which includes Mm -hmm. My daughter and I. So anyway, I'm really excited about that. And should I mention and the special offer right now? Yes, do because uh, you have a gift that you'll give to anyone who's listening to the program, right? Right, and that is you have 24 hours from when the show airs to take the class for two. I sound like a salesperson. Do I don't want to sound like a are. TV salesperson because people want this. Anyway, oh, yeah. within 20, I know, I just feel like I'm selling knives or something. But <laughs> for 24 hours from the airing of this, uh, if you want to take the class, if you can snag one of the last few spots, it's $299 for tuition. Which and then is the, down from three, $385. Was That's quite the gift. Left. Yeah. And that I haven't offered that to anyone else. And this isn't for anybody who's already registered. You don't get an $86 refund. This is for people watching the show and learning about me now. So $299 for tuition. And if you don't want to stay at the retreat or we run out of space, there are hotels and there are Airbnbs. And we're going to be in this amazing place where we're in nature, which is uplifting and beautiful and spiritual. And it's going to be amazing. If Hawaii doesn't work out for you, I'm also teaching in person in in the spring in Connecticut, I've got three and a half days of classes, starting with a beginner, two days of intermediate, and then a little bonus one. I've got a three-day class in Alberta, Canada in May, and I'll be doing more in-person classes as the world permits it. But right now, a lot of my energy is on Hawaii. Oh, yeah, I I can imagine. But you can we can get hold of you at www. Sharon Farber. Do you want to spell it for sure. people? It's my website is SharonFarber.net. Just remember the dot net part. Mm-hmm. Sharon Farber. Sharon. And it's S A O R B E R. Yes. Sharon S H A R O N Farber F A R B E R. My website, SharonFarber.net. I've got YouTube videos. I've got a Facebook author page. I've got a Facebook group that has almost 18,000 members where you can go to discuss mediumship. And if you want to practice your mediumship, you can go there and offer to do free readings and have as many people to work with. And a lot of my students go there and get practice. And and they can sign up for your courses on Zoom if they don't go to Hawaii. 
Sure. Um, I yeah, yeah. Can classes. I ask yes. now, I'm going to throw you a curveball, and I hope you don't mind this, because we are both live, but then we go on to podcast. Mm -hmm. So can I open up that gift a little bit for a couple of days past the live show? Because sure. um, people a lot of times will you know, listen while they're cleaning or you know, sure. not always live. And we're international, so um, they're not on the same schedule always. Of course, as long um a few days, and I don't expect it to stay open long. I well, here's have what nine, it is. I have You've nine registered spots, right? Yeah. Well, I have nine registered students and I'd like 12 and I'd take up to 16. So there's five or six spots for people who want to take the class. And I'm good with the 299 for a few days until okay, it's that full. sounds good. Yeah. The retreat has exactly three spots. And those are shared spots, unless you anyway, there are three spots uh, because that's all it'll take. And so there you go. That's limiting. But sure, people with the cup podcast, just check in. And if it's still open, um, that works. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's That'd the, be great. So ask Sharon for the, for the gift and if it's open. Yeah. It starts four good. weeks today. I've, and I'll, I'm good with the two ninety nine. Okay. And we're yeah. going to have to jump now. But okay. Sharon, thanks so much for being here. I'm sorry. I'm going to miss your retreat. <laughs> but uh, have a wonderful time. You sure you can't come? I would love to, but I can't. <laughs> I'll right. be out of town that day. Right. In oh, the wrong just, direction. <laughs> oh, and the, the, the staying at the retreat is, is affordable. It's $495 for a week to stay at the mm -hmm. retreat. And then yeah, there's, I know you have to go. Yeah. There's. Uh, for $120, you get food, uh, catered lunch and dinner on the three days of the class. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm squeezing things in. But anyway, I'm just really, I've never been to Hawaii. And it's I just going to be I'd such a spiritual it. healing and amazing place. Listen, Sharon, thanks so much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Have a great weekend and a great retreat. I am sorry I'm going to miss it, but enjoy it thoroughly. And you're a fabulous teacher. So it's all benefit everywhere. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.